Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I can hear only Auntie again. Hallelujah. Are you happy to be in the house this morning? Wow, it's a family meeting. Amen. You know, last week, Reverend, we were talking about living a life of impact. Amen. Today we are continuing on the same tangent, but I want to talk about you can do a little bit more. Amen. Tell the person sitting next to you, you can do a little bit more. Oh, tell somebody. Don't tell your iPad. Tell somebody. Tell somebody. Tell somebody. Smile to the person and tell the person, you can do a little bit more. Amen. Wow. You know, there's something more that you can do apart from what you are doing. You know, one thing I've realized is that sometimes if you are not careful and you are doing something, especially in the house of God, and it's like everything revolves around you. Everything is like if we don't contact you, the thing cannot be done. There is that tendency for you to think that like you've reached. Or there is that tendency for you to think that, oh, it's like now I've become like the pillar. You know, I had a friend told me that, you know, this church that we are doing, it was a fellowship. He told me, I see this fellowship that we are doing, it's on my leg. It's standing on my leg. I, I'm just translating what the person said. He said, it's standing on my leg. Once I move my leg, everything will come down. See, what he was trying to say is that everything revolves around him. It's like the pillar. You know how these pillars are? If you move one of the pillars, the building will come down. You know, there's that tendency for all of us to think that, oh, now I do this. I sing. I come to church on Wednesday. I do that. I do that. I even try to pray every day, maybe 30 minutes or 15 minutes every day. I think I've, I've, I've gotten to where I've gotten to. After all, some people are not doing something. You know how sometimes we compare our best with some people's worst? You know, we compare. I saw, <laughs> I saw a post on Facebook this week and it made me laugh. He said, don't compare your holiness with somebody's sin. You know how people compare. It's like, oh, me, I don't do this. People are into this. Me, I'm not into this. So it's like pair, comparing your what you don't do to what somebody is doing. You are holy now. But what you are not doing is that you are not comparing what you are doing that people are not seeing to what, you know, some people are doing this publicly. What about the thing that you're also doing privately? You get it. But there is something more that God always expects from you and I. Amen. So today I want to talk about you can do a little bit more. You know, doing something a little can seem very, very insignificant, but it can make a whole lot of difference. You, you get what I'm saying? Something very little can seem very, very insignificant, but can make a whole lot of difference. You know, when you are taking a train from Leeds train station and you're going to London, and there are two trains, they are all on platform 17A. Like, let's see, uh, the first train is leaving at 10.30 a.m. The second train is leaving at 10.45 a.m. They are all leaving on platform 17A. One is going to London, one is going to Liverpool. But the same, you know how the trains, you know, trains are not like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the roads that, like, E1, and you, you branch, and it's like, there are so many roads everywhere. You know how the trains work. We have, we have a central place that people monitor the movement of trains all over the country. Because if you don't do that, the chaos that it took, because the train does not follow traffic. You get it? Like the train is going this way, 
it does not have any other way. Like if there's an accident, you can say that oh, I will branch and you know the train is following one route. That's why when there's a lot of snow or when there's a lot of heat, a lot of uh, trains don't work because if there's a lot of heat, there's expansion and you know the train tracks is the train is made in such a way that it, if it's expand, it cannot be. It's not like car that if the road is big, you can go. If the road is small, you can go. No. You get it. So, like what I'm, what I'm talking about, all the two trains, Liverpool and London, they are all going to using sev- track 17A, platform 17A, all going. As they are going, and they are about getting to Wakefield, you see that, I'm not saying that's the route they will take, but I'm just giving an example. But London takes Wakefield anyway. I don't know what the Liverpool one takes. As it's going, you see that the Wakefield, uh, the London one will continue to go Wakefield, then go to Doncaster. But you see that the, as the one going to Liverpool gets to Wakefield, there's another train. You know, see that some of the train trains, even though there are two, there's another one that passes through it. The train is just changing course, but it's very, very little. And you see, as the, cha- the train is changing course from Wakefield, it might seem very insignificant, but that's where the big difference is about happening. Look at where London is and where Liverpool is in terms of the map, very huge. But where the transformation starts is a very small place. It's like just when the track is just changing, then the thing is changing. You see that sometimes there's something very little that you do. You, d- you don't know how that something very little can cause a transformation in somebody's life. Because sometimes the effect of the thing that you are doing is not very obvious. And we also think that if we do it or we don't do it, there is no change that really happens to it. But today I came to tell you that that little bit push, that little bit extension that you try to do can cause a whole lot of change. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to Second Kings chapter 13. Today we read quite a number of scriptures. Second Kings chapter 13, verse 14 to 20. Second Kings chapter 13, verse 14 to 20. Okay, so Elisha had become sick with the illness of which he would die. Then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and said, and wept over his face and said, Oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen. And Elisha said to him, Take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, Put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it. And Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. And he said, Open the east window. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, Shoot. And he shot. And he said, The arrows of the Lord's deliverance and the arrows of deliverance from Syria. For you must strike the Syrians at Afek till you have destroyed them. Verse 18. Then he said, Take the arrows, so he took them, and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck three times and stopped. Verse 19. And the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you will strike Israel only three times. Amen. Was 20. Then Elisha died and they buried him and the raging bands of Moab invaded the land of the spring of, Je- 
of the year. Amen. You see, the, the king went to the prophet, and the prophet gave him instructions. You know how sometimes certain instructions might not seem very as like this thing I'm doing, what is the impact of it? What is going to be the effect of this little, little things that you are doing? What is going to be the effect of a call? What is going to be the effect of a test? You know, sometimes I tell somebody, oh, can you call this person? Can you send this person a test? And the person will be like, oh, I called. The person did not respond. Or I tested. The person did not respond back. And sometimes I tell the people that, oh, some of these things are expected that, you know, sometimes when you are calling somebody, there are three things involved. Or even more, the person can pick the call and talk to you nicely. Or the person can pick the call and as you are talking, say that I'm not interested, shut the call. Rudely. Or the person can see your call coming and end the call. You get it? Or the person can see your call and allow it to ring fully. Go to voicemail. Or the person can even see your phone and put it on air mode. There are a lot of, there are a lot of options that can come out of a call. You get it? Sometimes you see that you've been sending tests to somebody at the point you see that your test is not going. It's either the person has blocked you. You see, that one too is possible. But you see, you don't know how the impact of that test message, how the impact of that phone call, or better still, how the impact of that visit changes or transforms a person's life. The last time we were praying and I said, I think we were reading Acts chapter 12, and we were talking about when Peter was in prison and the church was praying for him, and as the church was praying, God released angels, and the angels went to take Peter out. And I was saying that, you see, Peter, the one that needed the prayer, as the church was praying for him, he himself was asleep. And I was trying to say that, you see, sometimes the person that needs the thing really doesn't even know that he or she needs the thing. So it is you that who knows the significance of that particular thing that has to push it. And you don't expect to think like how the person is thinking. That, oh, if the person is not minding me, why should I worry? Just a little bit more. Just a small call. I sometimes see that the person will call you back and say that, oh, had you, had, thank you for being persistent. But as at the time that you were being persistent, it did not look very nice. You get it? Because some people can be very mean. Very, very mean. Uh, I was talking to someone and said, ah, had it not been Christ who has come to die, <laughs> some people wouldn't be able to talk to us the way they are talking to us. He was just saying that it's Christ that has died that has made, giving some people the chance to talk to us anyhow. Because if it's not for Christ, you are not my level. But but what I'm trying to say is that whether the person is your level or the person that is not your level, it's just a little, it's a little. You know, the, 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 the prophet was expecting the king to strike more. The king did not know that the striking, putting the arrow on the ground, what is the impact on the world that we are going? Pray for us and tell us that when we are going, there will be thunderstorm, angels will be released, blind men. You remember one time that Elisha was was with a servant and the people came to surround him and said, let me open your eyes. And You see, they want something tremendous, something significant. I've come to you and you are telling me that I should strike three times. So I think the king was even angry. He said, no, this thing is not worth it. So he just did three times. But he did not know that that thing was the deliverance that it was causing for Israel. You get it? So a little, if he had done, he did three, but the, the, the prophet was angry that he should have done five or six. How many more? Just two. You get it? So today I also came to tell you that there's, a, you know, there, I know that for you to even come for first service and stay for second service, that means you are doing more already. You are doing something that 
Some people are not doing. But you see, now the mindset should not be comparing ourselves with the people that do not do what you are doing. Because if you compare yourself that way, you always feel like you are doing more. You are doing something extra. There are better things to compare it. You know, when you are doing comparison, you don't compare the, the, <laughs> the best with the worst. You compare the best to the best or you go that level. Amen. A little bit more makes a lot of difference. First Kings chapter 17. You know, God always tells us to do more. First Kings chapter 17, verse 8 to 16. There's another story there. First Kings chapter 17, verse 8 to 16. First Kings chapter 17, verse 8 to 16. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called her and said, Please bring, a, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So he said, so she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said. But make me a small cake from it first <laughs> and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and for your son. For that says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day of the Lord sends, the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which spoke of Elijah. Amen. You see, before the prophet went, God gave the instruction that I have commanded a woman to take care of you. You know, sometimes some of the things that we do, we don't see that it is a command that God has given us. You know, as you know, like. I don't know, but we Christians of nowadays, we always want things to be look very spiritual. So, like for instance, it could be an instruction that Reverend Chris will give you that, oh, I want you to do this. You don't see that particular thing as because it doesn't come with all those things. All the tender and everything. It's just very because you see, as the prophet was going, God told him that I have commanded this woman. But the woman did not even know that this is a command that has come to me. So the man, the woman was going to get the water. Then as she was going to get the water, a little bit more, he said, oh no, I don't, I don't just need water. Can you add some bread to it? He said, hey, you are going too far. <laughs> you are going too far. You said you wanted water. I'm going to bring you water. Now you are added bread to it. Yeah. So the same thing also applies to us. I think God is trying to go a little bit far with us. Because he knows that there is so much in us that can come out. You get it? God is not asking for something that we do not have. He's asking for something that now is like a, it's lying idle in you and I. 
is I don't think all that you can do is to sink. I don't think all that you can do is to sink. Or all that you can do is to usher. There's more that you can do. You get what I'm saying? You know, if you read the book of John, you know the, 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 the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they call the first three the synoptic Gospels because they, were, they look similar. Because if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, you see that they all, they, they all sort of have the, like the start of Jesus' life. Like Matthew starts to give the genealogy of Jesus, this gave birth to that, this gave birth to that, to Jesus. Luke also have something similar. Mark do not follow that line, but also have something similar. But John starts from a different tandem. He says that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And you know, his way of starting the whole thing is different. But you let's imagine that John said, because remember, the times that, the, the, according to Bible historians, the first of the Gospels to be, have been written was Mark. So you see that Mark is like a foundation, and Luke and Matthew sort of picked some of them and added what they knew was there. But you see that John also started, and he started from a different tandem. And, and I believe that if you wanted to know about the life of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, is enough for us to know a lot of things that Jesus came to do. But John also decided to contribute something to it. And you see, it is the contribution of John's to the gospel that we even got to know that there was a man in John chapter 3, Nicodemus, that went to Jesus to have a conversation with him. And that's how we come by this popular scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. If John decided not to write this scripture, we wouldn't have known. If John decided not to write, we wouldn't have got to know of the man that died, the man that was sitting by the pool of Bethsaida in John chapter 5. Remember that man that was there for over 30-something years and he was not being able to heal. None of the Gospels recorded that. So what it means is that, you see, there is something that you alone by doing something a little extra can cause a change. You, you get what I'm saying? The same John, if it was not for John, we wouldn't have gotten to know of the raising of Lazarus from the death. None of the, you can check, none of the Gospels brought that story up. And it's the same John that we are even able to get to know some powerful scriptures like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except to me. None of them and now these have become like an uh, anchor scripture for most Christians for us to, you get it? So it is not enough for you to come to church on Sunday alone or better still say that, oh, I'm coming for first service. It's like, oh me, I do first service. I'm not saying doing first service is wrong, but you know, you yourself, you know that there's something more that you can do. Even sometimes when you come to church, like, ah, why is it that this one is not working that way? And in your head, even though it's not told anybody, in your head, you say that, ah, why is it that these people, they are not working the way that shows that there is something that you can contribute that is already not in the system that is existing. You get my point. So you cannot just be, uh, what do you call it, uh, somebody who comes to the restaurant to eat and you criticize the food after you eating, then you just go, then you come back again. Even though you've criticized the food, you come back to eat again, then you go. At the point, you just have to join the team that cooks food. <laughs> Amen. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. It's about Abel and Cain. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness 
that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts. And through it, he being dead still speaks. Amen. You see that God, what makes something excellent? Even when you are in school, what makes something a little bit excellent? is when somebody does a little bit more. Because you know that you know when when you are given an assignment in school, you know that by doing this I can get fifty, or or you don't know. So by doing this basic thing, I'll I'll get the pass mark. But it is going the extra mile that will make you get a seventy. Just just a little addition, just a little addition. You can you know that you can you can just write it, you can just write it as it is, and you will get fifty. But it's the extra, a little. A little, a little. So like we all, all those of us here who are working in church and all that, if you're not working, I recommend you that you join the team to work. Is that the people that you've been trying to get to church that you are not getting them? What has been the strategy so far that has not worked? What extra strategy? Because sometimes the only strategy that you really need is to even to push yourself and encourage yourself because sometimes you do it one, two, three, and you don't, so you don't call them again. You two become angry. Maybe you can do a little bit more by not becoming angry. You, you, you get what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, some people say that, oh, man came to do, you know, so he said, uh, I'm a human being, I can do it to some level. Uh, you know, he said, I can't do everything. I just have to end it somewhere for somebody to, who will continue? <laughs> Amen. So when they were going to sacrifice, Abel decided to do extra. And because of the extra he decided to do, his sacrifice was considered excellent. I don't think the basic, you know how sometimes when we go to uh, the world of work, how they push us to bring out more. They push us, they push us, they push us, they push us, they push us. But like when we come to church, it's like we come to the default mode. And when you are being pushed to bring something extra, it's like you are, you are, you are stretching the thing too far. You get it. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5, you are continuing. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For, be, for before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. One of the things that makes Enoch to be recorded in the annals of people of faith is that he pleased God. You know, it is sometimes... Pleasing somebody can be very difficult. You know, when somebody tells you that this is the kind of food I want, you can cook whatever thing that is extra and nice to the person. This is what the person wants. You get it? And pleasing somebody, you have to please the person in big things and in small things. You get it? So, like, if the person says that this is the way I want us to do the thing, that is how you can please the person. You know, sometimes it's like when you are doing an exam, and you learned, let's say, A, and B came, but you've learned A so much <laughs> that the B, you don't really know, but you, you still want to collect the A to the B. The method that you're writing more, collecting more papers, that's what means that you are pleasing the question. You are, just, you are just doing something more that is not what is ideally what it is. You get it? And what is, what, 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 what is actually something that pleases our Savior? What really pleases him? He has said this several times. I said he came to the world to save sinners. And he has told us to do that. So what, and you remember what Jesus said, I see that when a soul is saved, 
the joy, the joy that erupts in heaven. I think that is the only scripture that we get to know that link. Joy in heaven. What actually brings joy in heaven? I never saw in that scripture that, oh, when somebody gets a property, there's joy in heaven. Or, oh, it's not bad that you get property. It's good. Or when somebody gets a first class, there's joy in heaven. No. What actually brings joy? What actually? What actually brings joy is what God has made for a soul to be won. And what does it take for a soul to be won? It's something very little. Amen. And the last person I want us to consider before we end is Noah. Amen. In Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4 to 6. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4 to 6. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of the eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. Amen. Let, let's, let me end there. You know, so Noah, the actual profession of Noah was what? Preaching. That's stated there. But what one of the things that we know Noah to be is that he was the one that built an ark. Genesis chapter 6, 13 and 14. Let me so that I can end quickly. Genesis chapter 6, 13 and 14. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. Amen. So, Noah was a preacher. Then God said, can you do a little bit more by building an ark? Then Noah built the ark. Then, because of our time, I will not be able to read the scriptures. Then, after Noah built the ark, God said, that, oh, can you do a little bit more by going to catch animals in twos and bringing them into the ark? You know, sometimes we are reading the Bible, we think that it is, even now, when you are trying to catch a chicken, now, you know, in this part of the world, they, you hardly see a chicken walking around. But there are certain parts of the world, it is not even easy <laughs> to catch a chicken. How you be, you be, you be, you be, you be, you be going around with a chicken. And God told Noah that, catch them in pairs. So, hen and what? Cock and hen. Uh-huh. So, catch all animals in twos. So, cat, I don't know the name, male animal for cat and female animal for cat. But, so like, Noah will cut the cat. So, oh, it's male. Okay, then go and put it there. Then we'll catch another one. Oh, it's another male. We don't need another male. Then go and catch another female. Do it for all animals. Can you see the kind of work? He was initially a preacher. God said, do extra more by building the ark. He built the ark. Now God is saying that now, go extra more by catching animals in two. Tiger. Hey. <laughs> now after he did that, then God said, go and provide food for, go and get yourself food and food for all the animals. Do you know the food that lion eats? Lion eats fresh flesh. You have to be careful if I come from somewhere. <laughs> Lion is fresh flesh. 
You get it? It doesn't like it doesn't like a, a dead one. The last time I was checking, he said eight pounds. You know eight pounds? Eight eight kilos. You know when you are going to tra- traveling, the bag that you carry, that hand like off flow. Yeah. For so lie remember the number of days they are going to be there. How much are we going to get for lying alone? Tiger. You know, sometimes you read the Bible and you read it just it's one verse, so we read it and we go to the next. You don't see the detail. So if Noah was able to go and do all these things, and God is not telling you to go and get a tiger, he said, Go and get a soul. And even though some souls are behaving like highness, <laughs> some souls are behaving like highness. It's like they are not easy to catch, but it's a soul. <laughs> you, you, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Then after that, he had to find food for them. Then after that, he had to find, he had to gather his family and put them in the ark. There's a lot. But it's a little, little more. Abraham. Abraham was there with his family enjoying everything. God comes to him, Genesis chapter 12, tells him that, you see, I want you to leave this place to a land that I will show you. Hey. Then he leaves. The as he was going, God saying that, I want you to circumcise all your male. See, there's circumcision thing. Now, even now, we do it when the children are born. But it is not very easy. And during those times, I don't think they even had knives. I, the last time I read, I was reading some Bible and the, the commentary, I don't know how to, but it's a commentary anyway. The, co- the, the, the commentary one is that they use stones. Sharp ones. <laughs> I, don't know what the, I don't know whether you see what I'm seeing, but it is not, it is not, it is not a very nice extra, a little bit more. Then after that, God tells, uh, God tells Abraham that, you see, I want you to have a child. God is like, Abraham is like, God, you are going too far. I'm 99 now. My wife is mm, 90. It's not going to work. A little bit more. So I just came to tell you today that you see, in as much as you think that your all is what you have done and you continue to do, there is something more that you can do. You get it? There is something, all of us, there is something little more. It cannot just be coming to church. A little bit more could be that instead of we now testing you to get you to church, you can change the equation. Now you test somebody to come to church. It's a little bit more. And after you do that for a while, God will give you another assignment. Just as God gave Noah an assignment, he said, get, build the ark. He brought the ark. So go and get the animals in two. He went to the forest, searching with his children. He got them in two. Then after that, God told him, that, oh, get, animal, God, get food for all of them. It can also happen. But it first starts with that willingness and that yielding to do what you are told to do. You know, when depending on the level of relationship you have with somebody, there is something that you can say to the person, there's something that you cannot say. There are some people that, oh, when you anytime time you see them, you are smiling, hello, hi. And there are some people that because of relationship, you can even shout at them and they will not get angry. But there are some people that you know that once you shout, that is the end of your relationship. You get it? So God will add on based on the relationship and based on how far you are doing the things that he expects you to do. If you are still doing the base things, he's not going to add anything. He will just see and want to add more when he sees a change. Amen. So I pray that all of us will avail ourselves to do something more. You'll be surprised what you can do when you avail yourself for just a little bit more. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. It's our prayer that you give us the grace that even as we continue to come under your feet, you bless us 
empower us to live a life of impact by doing just a little bit more. In Jesus' name, amen.